The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're in the midst of a series titled The Ambassadors of Light, and what I've been doing is bringing on different, in my opinion, very enlightened individuals who are bringing the universal principles that govern the universe to the masses in different ways, etc. So today I have one of my favorite, favorite teachers, instructors. Um, uh, when I say that he is a vast ocean of information, I would be understating his knowledge base. Uh, today we have as a guest Bible scholar. When I say Bible scholar, I mean he speaks Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, uh, mystic, metaphysician, teacher, the Reverend Dr. Will Coleman. Hello, Dr. Coleman. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, how are you doing yourself? I'm excited about today. I'm excited about it as well. I know today's topic is the Christ consciousness and the 12 disciples. But before we actually get into the uh, questions about the subject, could you give the people, the people a little bit of your background so they know who you are and how to get in contact with you? Yes. Uh, my website is um, www.willcolemanphd.com, and there's a summation there. But as you've indicated, I do a lot of work in uh, biblical spirituality. My uh, specific training is in theology and philosophy of religion, residing here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. I teach a number of courses uh, online uh, for a local seminary here in theology, philosophy, uh, areas of church history, etc. And then um, I do some classes on my own, particularly one that's uh, on Monday night that's pro bono, free to the public, every uh, Monday from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, uh, as you've indicated, we cover a variety of topics uh, related to uh, biblical studies, theology, Kabbalah, uh, mysticism. Uh, we've covered texts in the past on the Sefer Yetzirah, on the Kabbalion, on the Science of Mind textbook, on Master Key System, and we currently, uh, beginning about six weeks ago, uh, have been uh, working our way uh, through the uh, Twelve Powers. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's. Yes. And uh, well, like I said, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. My background is in religion. I went to college there. Uh, went to seminary here in Decatur, Georgia, and then uh, got my Ph.D. at the uni- at the um, Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley. And we called it the Republic of Berserkly back then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, yes. <laughs> well, well, to get right into it, because I don't want to obviously waste any time uh, having the opportunity to share your wisdom with uh, our listeners, I want to start with the question, why... The 12 power system. I know there's a lot of uh, teachings and new thought, but Charles Fillmore in particular was a stickler for teaching this Christ consciousness and the 12 powers as relating to Jesus and the 12 disciples, not only as divine ideas, but also as mental faculties and actual energy or power centers in the body mm-hmm. that when activated demonstrate or express the Christ through the physical being. Why teach the 
Christ consciousness and the 12 disciples or the 12 powers. Yeah. Uh, I, as I said earlier, I have been doing a series of teachings on different key new thought texts. And we spent uh, a good two years just going through the science of mind text. And what I like to do when I approach uh, a major tome like this is look at it from a variety of points of view, biblical, theological, mystical, uh, get in touch with some of the undercurrents similar to new thought that uh, may have been a part of other esoteric traditions and masonry, theosophy, Rosicrucianism, etc. And so <clears throat> it just became uh, apparent to me that at the, up to this point, I had not done anything on Phil more directly. And um, that's when I made that decision as quasi-inspiration, but also uh, students were very excited. I took a poll of students who take the regular Monday night class with me, about uh, 80 of them. And uh, we decided that this would be the next text we would embark upon. Now, the text itself, as you may already have some indication, is um, is, is a multi-layered text. And in fact, we have spent the past six weeks just with the introduction to the text. And uh, on this Last Monday, we have just begun looking at chapter one. And what we're doing is that we're not simply reading the text and trying to do uh, an explanation, but uh, we're attempting to get behind the um, one of the key thoughts I'm working on is, is even the physiology and spirituality of the body, that uh, these 12 powers are, yes, they are, they are concepts, yes, they uh, refer to Jesus and his 12 apostles, and they refer to key ideas, but equally so that they refer to specific, specific centers in the body, as you've said, and probably even uh, specific organs within the body. In other words, that our bodies, to use the language of Paul, is the temple of the divine consciousness. And I have spent quite a bit of time and continue to focus on the spirituality of the body itself as the seat of uh, where spiritual work, metaphysical work began. So it's not simply cognitive. It is physiological. And I've had uh, very fascinating and very um, astounding responses to this uh, specific approach that we're utilizing at, at the outset and will continue to utilize as we work our way through the text. I'm pro- projecting this will probably be another uh, year or more project just to go through it uh, almost line by line, the text. Uh- Wow, wow. Well, one of the questions that I have when I study New Thought is, or the 12 powers in particular, is Fillmore's concept of regeneration. You know, he really believed that you could physically manifest this perfect pattern. But what are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. Several things. Uh, That's becoming apparent as, as we read it. And regeneration is a notion that I would take to mean uh, and understand as we are regenerating ourselves every day and every moment, whether we are conscious of that or not. And that by attending to uh, the regenerative process, we can amplify and enhance that to, um, uh, to again, make the body temple as uh, strong and as optimal as possible as a vehicle for spiritual enlightenment, spiritual illumination. Uh, another way of thinking about that is um, Charles Harnell's text, which we finished recently, that the world without is a projection of the world within. So our perception, our experience of the external world is strongly influenced by what is going on uh, in our minds and in our bodies internally. So the higher we want to go in spirituality and the higher we want to go in um, intuitive perception, etc., uh, the deeper we also must go within ourselves, individually and collectively. Uh, then after regeneration, that's like the classical language of rebirth, really, to use Yeshua's uh, idea. Uh, that's rebirth. Then there must be a process of reintegration. That is conscious connection and receptivity of the divine spark within. So uh, this is calling attention to uh, our uh, becoming more aware and of optimizing the divine creative energy that is in us, not just in our minds, but in our whole being, and indeed in our whole bodies, because we can think of the body as, 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 a, as a compilation of bodies or systems or organs. Uh, we actually look at the uh, uh, anatomical charts to, to try to get in touch with, with the density of the physical body as a spiritual uh, organism apparatus. Oh, wow. Wow. I, you know what? That's 
very complete. I want to make sure. Jeff, do we have a caller online? Okay. Uh, Jeff, um, are we connected? Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Reverend Galen. Oh, it's Reverend Bobby. How you doing there? How are you? And uh, Reverend Coleman, nice to meet you, sir. Good to meet um, you. Um, you're, you're, you're living in my second home at the time, a beautiful place uh, where my heart belongs. <laughs> when I went to Morehouse, we called it the Dream Factory. Anyway, yes, sir. Um, uh, I, I, really, I really admire you for your undertaking of this book, The Twelve Powers. Um, because yes. I think it's a, es- essential in us understanding um, who we really are spiritually and and what each one of these powers do and how they act in accordance with that Christic consciousness that, that rules all over them. And I just wanted to ask you, um, what what interested you you know, as, as I heard you say, you hadn't, you know, uh, been into Fillmore and the 12 Powers and that kind of stuff. What piqued your interest into picking this up and um, taking this uh, journey through this book? Yeah, that's a good question. And as I, I said before, I, before I talk about it a little bit more detail now, I have been mm-hmm. doing a series uh, since 2009 when uh, Reverend uh, McDowell and I first met on Monday evenings on various topics. Um, uh, Bible and meditation was really the, 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 the kind of flagship beginning of my, of my work where I offer these uh, classes. And um, I've done classes on the Hebrew alphabets. I've done classes on a book called of uh, Yazir, the Book of Formation, which is a very foundational mm-hmm. text on Kabbalah. I did an extensive, as I said, class on um, the Science of Mind textbook. Um, the, the entire text and key portions of it and it combining not just uh, the theory of it but also incorporating practical meditation techniques and then when we got to after that we got to a key text called the um, the um, uh, master key system about 30 lessons okay. of, of practices uh-huh. and again uh, working through the text I paused and did some summations uh, of what we'd covered thus, thus far. And then, I, as, as I said, I took a poll. This had been in the back of my mind because I had done so much in the area of the on the religious science um, platform. I had been thinking mm-hmm. about doing the 12 Powers, but I did not know exactly when I would do it. And so around okay. December, January, that's when uh, there was a consensus because I asked my students. And they said, yes, let's do this next. And that's where I work. I, I I have ideas of what I want to teach at, uh, each Monday, but I'll also uh, check with my students, many who've been with me since the inception in 2009. And we have about 80 who participate in this. Uh, it's a free webinar every Monday uh, from 8:30 to 9:30 uh, Eastern Time. And so well, again, it must it must it must be the appropriate time for the study. And um, maybe I'll no, ain't no maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop in uh, one Monday. I'll please do, please do, because I, I that's will. the way it's structured. People pop in and out. I always do summations of what I've done in the previous uh, session and even in the previous lesson, so no one is 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 lost or you know quote unquote left behind in in what we're doing. And then I have uh, students who do referrals, and, and some of them have gotten so adept. That if someone does come in as a novice, they help uh, them to get up to speed. It's very a collaborative nice. approach as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, God bless you guys, Galen. Take care, Doctor Coleman. Nice Thank meeting you, so you and I look forward to a face to face and say hi one day. We look forward to seeing you in the class when you can come. All right, thanks, uh-huh, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it, buddy. Well, uh, Doctor Coleman, I have a question. Yes. What is your definition of Christ consciousness? Okay, very good. If you look at the diagram, this is a key. The diagram in the Fillmore text that we're all familiar with, you will see a, a side profile, of course, of a human figure with the mm-hmm. 12 powers located in different portions of the, of the body. But just above it is a phrase, uh, I am Christ. Now, uh, this is where our language helps us to understand something a bit deeper than that's the words, I am Christ. In, in the original, uh, let's say the original uh, Hebrew, that idea would be uh, Ani Mashiach. Ani Mashiach, meaning I am anointed. I am anointed. 
Then you translate that into the Greek, and this would be the words uh, that someone like Yeshua would have used. It would be ego e mi Christos. Ego e mi Christos. I am the Christos. In the Gospel of John, whenever Jesus uses the phrase ego e mi, he's really identifying with uh, the divine vibratory name for the living one. The divine vibratory name. The self-existing power that was, is, and always be. And what Yeshua is saying is that at, that, at those moments in the text, in the Gospel of John, that uh, he has clarity about his identity with that which has no beginning and has no end, that which is eternal. So I take I am consciousness, uh, and Christ consciousness specifically, is the, uh, is the appropriation after we have an awareness that this power is not external to us, it is within us. Uh, I am consciousness then means one is awakened to this power. And when you are awakened to the divine power, then you can better utilize it than if you are unconscious of it or you're not uh, awakened or illumined from within. So I am consciousness or Christ consciousness is, is, a, is, is simply a realization uh, of how uh, divine we are and then how to activate it. And that's what the text is talking about. It is talking about essentially how to activate these latent powers that everyone has within them, naturally, genetically. Yeah. That's yes. what is being regeneticized. I like to say it that way so you can hear it. That's what's being regenerated. All right, beautiful, beautiful. We're coming up uh, uh, in about two minutes to our uh, first break. So I do want to make sure that if anyone wants to call in, they can – Call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Also want to remind you that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, freely give, Amen. This, this ministry, this online ministry, sends this message of empowerment out around the world. We get messages from people all from all different types of countries that are listening to the, these type of shows because they can't get this type of information in their uh, uh, near their residence, in their location, in their country. Some places it's illegal to learn this type of stuff. <laughs> you know, so we need to be mindful that we're helping to awaken the world to who they are in God and who God is in them. So. If you're listening to this live, please make sure you go to the Unity Online Radio website, unity.fm. Click on the donate button. If you're listening to this later via iTunes, Stitcher, or somebody sent you a link and they put it on Facebook or Twitter or any other social media uh, medium, make sure that you go to unity.fm and support this online ministry. It, it you know, it, you know, <laughs> you know. You know, the, 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 the heat and gas and computer people, they don't take prayers for payment. <laughs> and so let's be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the other thing I want to remind you of is that this show has a Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, you can go to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, like the page, share the page. We put the links to the shows. We put links to other, uh, other things, things that are inspirational, empowering. Uh, principle-centered to make sure that you get what you need. So we're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, Please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Available, you pray the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With you pray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. 
With YouPray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. YouPray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free YouPray app and links to download, visit silentunity.org slash app. That's silentunity.org slash app. Every moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. My guest today is Dr. Will Coleman, and we're talking about the Christ consciousness and the 12 powers. Uh, Dr. Coleman, before yes, we get into, um, I'm, obviously, let me let the callers know you can call in at 888 I want to ask a specific question that tends to come up when I teach this book. I have my own position on this, but I want to see what yours is. And I don't know if you've gotten into the last chapter of the book, but I know you've studied the material before. At times, um, Charles Fillmore, in in my opinion, is trying to fully demonstrate the, the Christ presence. He was sort of like Paul, all or nothing. And... One of the aspects that come across in his writings at times is a view of being anti-sensation and anti-sexual in a sense of uh, which sometimes comes out of some of the you know Eastern traditions and things of that nature, uh, especially when he's teaching the life faculty, whereas some of the more modern people of the 12 powers don't necessarily teach uh, the life faculty from the standpoint of 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 what's the way I want to use this as sexuality as as necessarily I don't want to use the word bad because he wouldn't say bad mm-hmm. he would mm-hmm. he would say that um, use all of that energy to regenerate the body mm-hmm. instead of engaging in into certain things you know so I wanted to get your opinion about in particular Fillmore Judas and the life faculty in the context of uh, at times it seems as though his view anti-sexuality views oh i think that is a a, a, a restorative uh, perception in this respect um in some ways what that position is not unique to him uh, it, from a, a kind of contextual uh point of view that would have been current among esoteric teachers uh in the uh, in the theosophical society and some of the Rosicrucian societies uh who had been influenced by east indian notions of uh not just abstinence but conservation of the uh, regenerative creative powers uh another place uh, that you and I talked about this before that this is not unlike notions of uh, conserving the qing or or in taoism so I, I think that what may be misunderstood is, is uh, how to um, seal, protect, conserve this creative power than to simply have it leaking out of the body and without any uh, uh, thought about uh, how um, much this, uh, what we call sexual energy, is tied to spiritual energy, spiritual growth, spiritual development. So I don't find that to be strange, per se. It may be a bit more... Uh, Radical, uh, certainly at the time that he wrote it, for the general population, 
to think about it, and maybe even our own time, it seems to be radical. But there's another, I think, nuance that is uh, an aspect of wisdom. That is, how do you optimize uh, all the various energies that are in the body, uh, all these various centers that he's been talking about, and then particularly that which is most related to uh, procreative life, and take that energy and uh, internalize it, as well as uh, make use of it uh, in an external manner. It's, I don't think it's an, an either or. It's a both and. And most of us are not aware of the tremendous uh, uh, conservative and life-giving power of our own sexuality. Yeah, well, you know, what I try to do is just bring a different conversation to it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily say, okay, f- this was Fillmore's consciousness. Because, you know, when people can't explain a thing, that's all. Well, that's just their consciousness. But because mm-hmm. of my martial art background, I know that that's not something he created. I was glad that you stated that. That's right. You know, that this was, these were the things that monks practiced for centuries. Yeah, and it, in know, fact, it, that's right. And that's where the whole idea of, of even of the monastic notion uh, is drawn from, is the recognition that human sexuality and human spirituality are actually very intricately connected. And the, the way one can, conserves that energy or channels it, probably better, is the way in which one will amplify one's uh, uh, spiritual growth and development. Right. Uh, and what, what we, mm-hmm, go ahead. And I was going to say, you know, and it's not teaching necessarily abstinence in 2015. What it's saying is be mindful and conscious of what you do with your energy, regardless of what it is. Well, let me give you a classic example in the book of Revelation, since you referred to it earlier. In the book of Revelation, there's a chapter that talks about the um, – 144,000 uh, men who, in this case, men, they are, who are chosen ones, and it says that they are virgin. Uh, but that's, um, that could be a misreading if you don't understand that they are warriors or that they are like athletes who are conserving their energy for this, this time of engagement. It doesn't mean that these men are asexual. It means that, uh, they have, uh, they're, they're conserving their, their energy so that it is available when it is needed most. Right. And so uh, it's the same idea in martial arts, as you've indicated. It's the same thing that I have been um, uh, also hinting at in different ways by appropriating some of the teachings of uh, Mantok Chi. I could talk about the body and Qigong and Tai Chi uh, physiology as the basis for also spirituality. So this is yeah. a fundamental notion of how to uh, take the life force and distribute it throughout the body. Beautiful, beautiful. Matter of fact, um, you know, I love uh, Montag Shiok's book, Iron Shirt Qigong. Yes. I used to study Iron Shirt Qigong, (laughs) which is very, by the way, hard to learn. (laughs) Yes. Well, well, but again, you know, Qigong is is about, what is It's fundamentally about directing energy. It is energy work. And uh, we're reading a text that is uh, also talking about energy work. And I'm supplementing it with these insights so that we will also uh, do some uh, practical exercises that uh, make us more aware of these centers and of these um, different energies. They're not just names. They're not just abstract concepts. These are living dimensions of consciousness that are within every cell of our bodies. Every oh, sale. Got it, got it. Can you speak a little bit on the Old Testament concept of the Christ consciousness and the 12 power with Israel and the, oh, yeah. the, yeah. And the 12 tribes? Yes, I mean, that's exact, uh, a strong correlation. Obviously, the writers of what we call now the New Testament, uh, when they are talking of Jesus and uh, talking about uh, his choosing to our disciples, they are attempting to establish a parallel between an Old Testament idea or Hebrew idea that originates with a patriarch uh, named uh, Jacob and then name is changed to Israel who has 12 uh, sons. And these 12 sons are uh, what becomes known as the foundation for uh, the 12 tribes of, uh, of the Hebrews or the 12 tribes of, of, of Israel. And, of course, there's a lot of powerful symbolism that is connected with the number 12. The number 12 represents the number of the quote-unquote elect or chosen people or group. The number 12 has correlations, I would say, also with the 12 signs of the zodiac. Um, uh, the number 12 is um, associated with um, the, um, the, I said the, the, the sun, the, real, the physical sun. We know the, the sun and, again, the constellations. 
So as this idea unfolds in the history of the Hebrews, there's the other idea that unfolds is that of a Mashiach, uh, an anointed uh, a king, an anointed uh, representative of, um, of God or the living one on earth. And some of these ideas have Egyptian, a lot of them actually have Egyptian correspondences as well. So uh, with that being the backdrop for the the Hebrew understanding of, of what it means to be chosen, what it means to have also a messianic leader, the writers of what becomes the New Testament takes this and translates it into their context. So Jesus is a corresponding to a, a Hebrew king, and then the 12 disciples are corresponding to the 12 uh, sons of Israel. Okay. No, that's, yeah, that's the correlation. And then it comes up again significantly in the book of Revelation with the 24 elders who are around the throne of the living one. And so you, in a sense, have 12 times two, maybe symbolism for the 12 tribes and the 12 apostles. And so too with the new, with the new Jerusalem that is described in chapters 30, uh, 21 and 22. So the symbolism of 12 itself is what's powerful uh, with various, various associations. Thank you. Um, in the book, um, Your Faith is Your Fortune by Neville, I, don't know you, I know you're familiar with Neville. Uh, he actually has a chapter on his understanding of the 12 powers, which comes more out of the Kabbalah, or some mm-hmm. people say Kabbalah, Kabbalah mm-hmm. interpretation of it. I wanted to know, you know, what, you know, without blindsiding you with it, because if you can't pull it up, but from the standpoint of the Kabbalah interpretation, because people think he was a pure new thought teacher, uh, oh, but he no. was, but, but he really wasn't. No, and I wanted to bring that in the context. <laughs> yes, yes, with, yes. Well, with the backdrop of this, and you know, and take your time because we have about seven minutes. Oh take yeah, your time this, with this is. Yeah, this is. I very want important. you to bring up the Ethiopian man named Abdullah, who was actually the teacher of Neville. If you're familiar with that, I'm not. To be honest with you, I'm not as familiar. I'm going to speak to. Okay, the, well, the, well, the I'll, speak to, I'll speak to. I'll speak to that. Let me let you speak yeah. to that. Then I'm gonna, yeah, we can talk about that. Abdullah. Yeah, okay. okay, let me speak to the Kabbalah piece, though, because this is exactly why I uh, draw those insights from uh, Kabbalah, Theosophy, and Rosicrucianism into, into all of these teachings. There's no doubt that, the, for example, the profile or the image of the, of, uh, the Christos or the Christ consciousness and the diagram in the text is uh, very similar to what you'd see in various de- depictions of um, what we call Adam Kadmon, or the original Adam in Kabbalistic literature, that this is representing um, uh, the, uh, the, the original um, uh, consciousness of the uh, a prototype of the human being who is created in Genesis, and that these uh, various, again, centers can be uh, correlated with the um, centers of divine consciousness and what's called the Tree of Life in, the, uh, in, in Kabbalah. So there are you know, just we've done this in in the past three or four lessons ago. We have uh, seen the corresponding charts and diagrams between the one in the uh, twelve powers text and Kabbalistic literatures. Uh, emphasis on body, emphasis on uh, sound, emphasis on color, etc. So these correlations are strong. It's tweaked a little bit, I think, for for this specific text where the person may not recognize it initially, but there's no doubt that this is a form of, of uh, also Christian mystical uh, Kabbalah that uh, Fillmore is advancing. Got it, got it. Well, let me just, on the back end yes. of this, talk about uh, Abdullah just briefly. Um, Neville, obviously, was from Barbados. He was mm-hmm. a Caucasian person from Barbados. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when he came to America and he was a broke actor and dancer, he actually ended up meeting to, I don't remember how he met him, a, uh, a Jewish mystic who was a black Jewish mystic named, mm-hmm. he called him rabbi, named mm-hmm. Abdullah. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know Abdullah's last name, but this is what he knew about Abdullah. In the 1930s, in the midst of massive racism in the United States, mm-hmm. Abdullah lived where he wanted to live, in the wealthy part of town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said Abdullah would, when he wanted to go to the opera, 
And Neville would say, well, I'll go get your tickets. He was like, no, you don't need to go get the tickets. I'll go get the tickets, get mm-hmm. front row seats and be sitting down right in front row of the opera. And nobody would challenge him. You can't sit here. You can't mm-hmm. do this and whatever. And Abdullah taught him the power of imagination mm-hmm. and, and visualization. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, to the extent to where it's actually I found a clip online. Is, thank God somebody downloaded. I'll send you the link. Yes. It's, um, uh, where he's talking about how Abdullah taught him the law. And he talks about it, I think, in one of the books where when he was, he wanted to go back home because he hadn't been home in about 12 years right. and he had no money. And Abdullah said, he told Abdullah, he said, okay, well, I'll, from now on, I will see you at home. You're mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. So every time he would come back and say, Abdullah, you know, I don't have the money. How am I going to get home? He would say, why are we having this discussion? You're in Barbados. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm not, how am I going to, he's like, no, why are we having a discussion about how you're going to get to Barbados? When you are in Barbados. Right. And, and this went on and on. And he said to the point to where, where, uh, Abdullah would, you know, would, would discipline him, not physically, but mentally, right. because right. he was trying to get him to get the concept. Yes. Lo and behold, something ends up happening where his brother, oldest brother decides he wants to see his family all in Barbados, sends him a ticket, but it's a third class ticket because of the time frame. He he couldn't get a first time ticket, so he he came to Abdullah. All oh, the law worked, et cetera. And Abdullah looked at him. He said, "Okay, you're in Barbados." He says, "But but let me backtrack." He told him in the midst of that, when you're in Barbados, you need to see the water, you need to see the beach, you need to smell the air, you need to see yourself in your house, you need to whatever. You have to be Barbados. So right. now I'm back to where I, where where I am. And he and he, and, and Abdullah said. You're in Barbados and you got their first class. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, this is a third class ticket. It's a boat ride. It was too late to get a first class ticket. He's like, no, you are in Barbados and you got their first class. Lo and behold, when he shows up at the boat to go home, somebody couldn't make it. And he was upgraded, not to second class, but to first class. Okay. And yeah. it was, and that was Abdullah teaching him the essence of what it means to have a realization in your imagination. And I'm saying right. that in the context of, of a lot of people don't know that one of the primary teachers in our, in our movement was taught by an Ethiopian man. Right. Who, right. who I even talked to some brothers, a brother from New York who studies, um, the teachings of, uh, noble Drew Ali. Mm-hmm. And which some of the black nationalism movements came out of, and they know about Abdullah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, Neville said that people would come visit him. You know, whites, blacks, Jews would just come to be taught and sit at the feet of this master in the 1930s. And I'm sharing this because right. this is the context of what it means to what you would say the the. I am consciousness because well, yeah. of, of who he was. Yeah. So we got like a minute and a half if you want to just chime into that. Well, yeah, just 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 on that point that the, the fundamental principle that's being applied there is, uh, is a if you can and if you can and will truly see it and cultivate it in your mind, and b give it a true, definite, powerful emotional content, it will happen. And it will happen positively or negatively. Most of us know how to do this in a negative way through worry. I hope such and such a thing doesn't happen to me. I hope I don't get a ticket today. Boom! You know, we have, we have created and amplified it, uh, and magnified ourselves in such a way that we are more, um, in tune to the negative function of this power than we are to the, the positive function of it. Genesis is a classic example of the, of the power of combining your vision with your emotional content. If you put those two together in any situation, you can manifest it and you can revise it along the way. When we did the, the piece on the, uh, master key system, these are some of the exercises we did. But yeah, these are very ancient, uh, Kabbalistic, uh, uh, ultimately they do go back to uh, North and Northeast Africa, uh, because that's where the Bible goes back to. All right. All right. So we're coming up on our last break again. If anybody wants to call, you can call in at 888-558-648. Eight nine eight 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 five five eight six four eight nine. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus as a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero? 
In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, An Upgrade for the 21st Century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, I have uh, Dr. Will Coleman, Bible scholar, Biblical mystic, all around good guy on the on the line. And again, if you want to call in and take advantage of the opportunity to ask him a question, you can call in at eight 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 five five eight six four eight nine. You're running out of time now, so make sure you get that call in if you need to. Uh, Dr. Coleman, I wanted to ask you a couple of other questions specifically mm-hmm. about the book, The Twelve Towers, because um you know, I'm a big fan of the 12 power teachings. I've taught it on Truth Transforms. I've done seminars, workshops. I've taught the class. Matter of fact, in my, in my first couple of years of New Thought, I ended up having to take a senior teacher's class over because she had to drop the class for whatever personal reasons. And I ended up having to teach it very early in my quote unquote ministry. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I really liked about Fillmore, I was wondering if you could explain expand on and it's his concept of the vibratory power of faith he talks about it in the, in the faith chapter almost as an amplifier an amplifier to your words an amplifier to your thought an amplifier to your feeling what, uh, what what is your concept around his concept of faith again well let's start with the first part of what you what you uh the statement you made it's the quote-unquote the vibratory power of faith vibratory Again, this is a basic idea in Kabbalah. It's a basic idea in Theosophy, Rosicrucianism, etc., that everything vibrates. You may have uh, remember there's a book called uh, The Kabbalion that says everything vibrates. Nothing is still. Uh, things are, are, are animated all around us, but also through us. So in the biblical text, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Uh, in the Greek, it's, it's even more appointed. It says that faith is the is the that which undergirds things that are things that are that are hoped for, and it is that which is uh, pragmatic. It, it brings into existence things that are not seen. It's not just you hoping in a in a kind of uh, I wish this would happen, but it's really much more active, and that's the that's the idea is to be more. Active that faith is uh, is an active form of consciousness. Uh, it is the the amplification, as you said earlier, again of imagination and of emotional 
desire for something to happen. It's a combination of those of those two variables of the of, of the imagination and desire. And if uh, again, if you 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 bring that into any situation, then you are, and that's not coming from ex- somewhere external. It's coming from within you because all of these. Uh, as we said earlier, all of these 12 powers, all these 12 centers are located inside of the human body. Beautiful, beautiful. It's inside of us. And I mean, yeah. it, 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 it's, in some sense, it seems uh, peculiar to say it that way, that, that, uh, that there are specific centers. All mystics have said this in different ways, that there are specific centers in the, the body or in the bodies physical body, uh, emotional body, mental body, spiritual body. These bodies are, 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 are extensions of a core within us that makes all things possible. And what well, there's another way in which, uh, in reading the introduction to the text, you discover that he is almost saying that uh, studying these 12 powers are like an initiatory process. Let me just yeah. read this. Jesus, I'm reading right from the introduction, a very opening paragraph because it, uh, it strikes me again and again. Jesus prophesied the advent of a race of men or humans who would sit with him on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. This book explains the meaning of this mystical reference, what and where the 12 thrones are and what attainments are necessary for a man or the human being before he can follow Jesus in this plane of his regeneration. Here's what you mentioned earlier. Regeneration follows generation in the development of man or the human being. Generation sustains and perpetuates the human. Regeneration unfolds and glorifies the divine. Now, that's a lot to unpack, but let's just take a, 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 a few concepts from it. Uh, prophesy, what does that mean? In the Hebrew, prophesy means cultivating the power to both see and to speak. To see and to speak. To see metaphysically means you see what is happening physically, but you go to the cause of it and you modulate the cause of what is happening physically, and that's how you transform it. And then to speak is to use the vibratory power of creativity. If you can speak it with confidence, again, you can make it happen. And that's uh, what Jesus uh, and his disciples are representing is this transformation in consciousness, which is another point. The, the new consciousness or the Christ consciousness that you referred to earlier is not just uh, an individual internal development. It's also a communal transformative development because Jesus is working in conjunction with his disciples to cultivate these powers again if we take it personal, the Christ consciousness is working in conjunction with the with the cells in our bodies or the centers in our bodies for transformation. So both in the microcosmic sense, it's personal and it's corporate, and in the macrocosmic sense, it's personal and it's corporate. Yes, yes. I, I love that. I love that. I do have another question for yes. you. Um, I've had this conversation with many uh, people who study unity metaphysics, you know, some people call it Fillmorean theology, um, you know, regardless of the term, people who study Fillmore's or that metaphysics is it, the metaphysical foundation is around the 12 powers. Like Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman was a 12 powers teacher. She, she was known as prosperity and healing, but her primary basis was 12 powers always. I've had a discussion with some people in our brand of metaphysics that go off and study the chakra system. And I said, well, are you familiar with your own system? I said, Mm. because if you really understand the 12 powers, Mm. you'll see the correlation. Uh, If people feel as though they need to leave the tradition, I'm not saying that they can't study it, obviously study what you want. Cause I study what I want, but do you understand your own tradition and what it brings to the table as it centers around inner faculties? Yes. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm 100% with you. I am 100% with you. Carl Jung is 100% with you. Uh, uh, Sometimes when when, when, there's nothing wrong, as you said, with making correlations 
uh, in uh, Eastern uh, thought, Eastern philosophy, it, the Eastern chakras. But also bear in mind that those systems are specific also to the language, culture, religion of those uh, individuals and communities that developed it. What is not as well known is, and as you've indicated, is that there has always been a corresponding Western system of metaphysics, uh, a corresponding um, physiology based on metaphysics in the West. It has been more undercurrent, but it has always been there. And that's why, again, when I'm teaching, I point out uh, the, the correspondence between what, uh, whether it's Ernest Holmes or, in this case, whether it's Fillmore, with uh, a longstanding tradition in, uh, uh, in mystical masonry, in Rosicrucianism, in um, uh, theosophy, and, 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 and equally important, in the Bible itself, in the biblical text. Um, uh, these ideas are the ideas, not just ideas, but the practices are there. So you're right, and I agree with you. Uh, the, the more you know about your own system, uh, not just cognitively, not just through reading material, but through the uh, practices that have been developed over centuries, uh, the stronger uh, you will be when you make the, also those those correlations with other traditions. You can't really understand um, Qigong if you have not studied uh, a Taoism. And, and, and in addition to that, have not spent some time in the culture where that has been generated. Right, right. So yeah, I agree with I, you uh, 100% on that note. Right. Learn yeah, more you about know. your own tradition, and mm-hmm. you'll be that much stronger. Yes, you know, and I think because I have a very strong foundation in what Reverend Coleman taught me, I can study anything. Yes. You know, and, I, and you know, so I was like, oh, okay, I can see how that works because – Everybody, especially in the new thought field, they have their particular angle. You know, Fillmore was right. twelve powers. You know, you know, Ernest Holmes was big on the divine law and what that means, and and the application of the law, the practical right. application of it. Uh, you know, you know, Joe Goldsmith was no affirmations, no denials, no visualization, or whatever. Just be, just know. Yeah. That's a level. Yeah. You know, and and it doesn't mean that anyone is right or wrong. But before you jump into somebody else's pool, make sure you know how to swim in your own. Well, then and, they, <laughs> yeah, and they were drawn from different uh, strands of the Western esoteric tradition. They, they, they really were, and they were making it more popular. Uh, whereas uh, often this knowledge was was known in, um, let's say, esoteric orders or societies or groups where they studied it more uh, privately, more discreetly. Uh, but these authors uh, really popularize uh, these uh, esoteric teachings in a, in a form that the general public could begin to grasp and utilize. Yeah, yeah. and we're very fortunate today to be able to uh, get a, a deeper insight from a, a more firsthand basis of this. A lot of this is rooted in Gnosticism of the early three centuries of, of what becomes uh, the the church. People that don't know this, but Truly, a lot of it is. Ancient yeah. wisdom is why it's called that. Right, right. And I think when we don't know that, you you know, you know, uh, the late uh, Reverend Mary Tumke used to talk about that all the time. That, yes. You know, we don't know our tradition, our strands. Right? Right. And I'm running out of time. I see we've got about a minute and a half. But I just want to add this thought about, uh, in particular, I remember teaching uh, Be Transformed. And the author of the book, because she didn't know, I mean, a hardcore metaphysician, Elizabeth Santerna, was mm. talking against Gnosticism. And when I, and I was oh. like, she has, has no idea. That's her grandmother or grandfather. That's, that's your great, great, great <laughs> grandparent. I mean, uh, the Gnostics were, they were absolute geniuses in the way in which they were synthesizing and attempting to synthesize uh, Jewish, Christian, and Hermetic mysticism in a nutshell. Yeah. And they're yeah. the ones who really shaped the foundation or what later on became uh, Western spirituality. There's no doubt about that. Yes, yes. So it was, out of it was North Africa and out of North Africa and then Southern Europe. Yes, right. And you know, not to mention people like you know Origen, who were who was in Alexandria, Egypt, which was That's at right. that time the hub That's of right. Christian thought, and That's I would say the world spirituality. It was. <laughs> you know? Well, and, it, it was the nexus of of, of uh, Egyptian, yeah. Hebrew, uh, Christian, and Hermetic thought. Yeah. All so, those different strands. Yeah. Well, at least I won't say the world. I'll say the Western 
as we understood it, it was the it was the epicenter. It was it was yes. the, it was the mecca of its day as a as it came to religion, and those are things that are not taught. But we, we, believe it or not, we we run out of time. Wow, so, it's been good. Yeah, so you know, you know, so you know, anytime you want to do this again, you know, we can do it because we only scratched the surface. But it's always a pleasure. Um, we'll be in touch, and if um, please give people your website again to so make yes, sure that they have it before we go off. It, yes, www Will Coleman, all lowercase, phd.com, www.willcolemanphd.com. And on my website, if you click the Contact Me tab, that's where you can send me an email and find out more about my pro bono Monday evening classes. I'd be glad to have you. All right, beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Coleman. Thank you. God bless you. And we'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the quest for prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course, because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, the Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, 
the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.